Grab your tea and crumpets, your donuts, your coffee cakes, whatever else you might have. Stop hugging. Stop enough. Enough. Enough hugging. Hey, I have an announcement. We have a new member of our congregation. Not here this morning, but Ezra Dean Peterson was born to Chelsea and Zach on Friday afternoon. I got the middle name. Grandpa didn't know the middle name. Seven pounds, five ounces. Uh, Mom, dad, grandma, baby are all doing remarkably well in home recovering. Grandpa's here today, so congratulations, Roger. Fantastic news. That is awesome. And with that, uh, I also have something fun, or I don't have something fun. Actually, Sarah has something fun to share with us. I have something fun to tell you that Sarah's going to share with you. So, no, I'm not just going to tell me you have a fun thing. That's all. You can do it. No, I'm, I'm just... Can you turn this up for her, please? Thank you. Yes, All right, please you turn go, me girl. up. If I go out here, will I blow something up? No? Okay. Karaoke? No. Um, <laughs> uh, so you'll notice there's signs as well as stickers in the back. Oh, that is a lovely Vanna White demonstration back there, Cindy. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Some of you may have actually seen these signs around a little bit. Glenn has. Um, so it's actually a, a person that I went to high school with. Her name is Amy Wolf. Um, she started this and it came out of, uh, she read a book by Bob Goff. I don't know if anybody knows who Bob Goff is. You should. Um, it's called Love Does. And the whole premise of the book is showing God's love in extravagant ways, which is similar to what we like to do. We like that, yeah. Um, And so she decided to get these yard sides printed. And she actually admittedly says she thought it was, like, the dumbest idea. Like, no, this isn't going to work. Nobody's going to actually, like, do it. But I feel like I need to, so I'm going to do it anyway. So she printed 20 of them, put around the community in Newburgh, where we live, and immediately started getting responses. People are pulling over to the side of the road and crying their eyes out because they're reading a sign that says, don't give up, or you matter, or your mistakes do not define you, which goes to a Moana theme song in my head, but that's because of the time of life I live in. Um, (laughs) So um, anyway, I, I just really liked what she's trying to do. And a lot of this was also spurred by the fact that she was actually reading about the suicide rates at our local high schools in the Portland metro area and even where we are in Newburgh. And she just was appalled about how high these rates are for these kids. Um, And so that's really the premise of it. It's just not supposed to have any frills attached to it. She does not intend to... There's no scripture on them. There's no strings... She started them. They're now all over the world, in fact. Um, she has a map on her. She had, to, she had to create a nonprofit because it got too big, and she had no idea. It's become a thing that she never intended it to become, but it is, so we want to support that. And I really liked what Amy has been doing, um, so I decided to go ahead and buy some signs and some stickers and some car decals. And if you would like to take one, you're welcome to do so, but I would encourage you to make a donation uh, so that our Mexico kids can get where they're going in the spring. Um, And I put one on my computer at work. I mean, that's a thing that's allowed at Nike, so, you know, whatever. Uh, But, you know, you'd be surprised that, like, I'm sitting in a meeting and I'll open my computer and people will see this sticker on my computer that says, don't give up. And they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, don't give up, guys. (laughs) 
duh. Um, but the one I love the most, I think, is your mistakes do not define you, which I need to hear that all the time because I make a lot of mistakes and we are not perfect beings and God does not expect us to be perfect. Thank the Lord. Um, but I just love that, especially in light of today's message that, and the, and the worship this morning and Tucker's words that it's, if you need one of those, take it so that you can be reminded of that. And that's the entire purpose. So if there's questions, uh, you can see me. If you want to follow her on Instagram, because that's what everybody does, Don't Give Up Signs. Um, you can also find out more about the organization on don'tgiveupsigns.org. Okay? Thanks, Sarah. Awesome. I'll get it. You got it? All right. So those are in the back, and we would encourage you, like you said, you're free to take, uh, welcome to take one for free, but if you would be so kind as to make a little donation to our youths, that would be lovely. Thank you. Hey, so, uh, oh, my word. Look at that, would you? All right, we're going to do an abbreviated little teaching this morning. Um, New year, and we're going to start a new series today as well. Some of you who were around and maybe have uh, halfway decent memories will recall about, uh, in 2016, I don't remember exactly when, but just over a year ago, we went through a series called Unwrapped, and it was on the spiritual gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. We talked about, at that time, uh, the gift of prophecy, gifts of tongues and interpretation, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, faith, miracles, and healing, I believe. Um, but, as it would be, those are not the only gifts mentioned in the New Testament. There are two other lists of gifts in Romans 12 and 1 Peter 4. And then there are a number of places where various uh, spiritual gifts are, are referenced. And among some of the gifts that are listed outside of 1 Corinthians are things like the gift of hospitality and the gift of generosity, the, the gift of serving, the gift of encouragement, the gift of leadership or stewardship, and the gift of administration. <clears throat> Very often when, and, and I'm guilty, I did this, when we do a series, a teaching on spiritual gifts, we focus on those gifts in 1 Corinthians, and we don't typically uh, deal with these other gifts. And I think the reason for that is, one, that they're not listed with the spiritual gifts in, in 1 Corinthians 12, and that they, they are not as sort of charismatic or uh, supernatural in nature. And so what happens, I think, is those things can kind of easily be written off as being sort of just kind of natural abilities. That's just the way somebody is. This person has, it's just a hospitable person. They open their home. This person just loves to serve, or that person <coughs> is a really good administrator. So here's, here's my thing. I, I want to submit this to you. I believe that those abilities are, in fact, also gifts that are given to those individuals by God, um, and that like the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians 12, that they also are given for the purpose of building God's kingdom and advancing God's kingdom and making uh, His word and His will known to people in the world around us. I, I also believe that if you took all those gifts that I just mentioned and the ones in 1 Corinthians and you compile the list of every gift that's actually mentioned as a gift in the New Testament, this is my personal belief. I don't think that that's a comprehensive list, that that's all the gifts there are. 
I think there are any number of abilities, talents, qualities, characteristics uh, in our lives as followers of God that are actually, in fact, gifts given to us by God to be used for the furthering of His kingdom. And, and I say that for a number of reasons, but one reason I, I will list, I'll give you, is this today, uh, just off the top. There's a few places in the Old Testament where it talks about anointing or whatever on different musicians. But nowhere in the New Testament is worship, worship leading, music, instrumentation, singing, any of that ever listed as a gift. I don't know. I think it's a gift. Do you? I think it's a gift. And I think there are other characteristics in some of our lives that are, in fact, gifts of God that are given to us to be used for His purposes. And so here's my point, here's my focus in this series. And we'll be, I don't know, I haven't penciled it all out yet. We'll be here for a while, a couple months at least. Um, And the point is this, that each and every one of us, each and every one of you, has something to contribute. That everyone has something to contribute. God's desire, I believe God's heart, really is that everybody gets to play. I've been uh, in a little project over the last couple of years. I'm going to spill the beans a little bit and tell you. I've just been collecting. John Wimber used to have all those little Wimberisms, little sayings he had. And I've been collecting those and kind of just kept writing them down and thinking them through. And um, in that process, I, I think this one is probably one of the most profound when he said everybody gets to play. That the reality is at the heart of God is that every single person is of, a, of value and every single person has a contribution to make. That every single person has something to give to the kingdom of God and that no one, no one, no one is left out. That every one of us can do something in the name of Jesus to contribute to what God's doing in the world today. Um, you know, you might think, so, so, so look, maybe you go, well, look, I've never, I've never had a prophetic word before. And maybe I'm a little, I'm a, some of you I know, I'm a little uncomfortable praying for healing still. That's just, I, I believe it, I understand it, I get it, but I'm just a little uncomfortable. I'm not quite there yet. Or maybe, you know, I certainly don't speak in tongues, la, 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 la. Um, and that was not tongues, that was just me. Uh, so, so maybe you think that those, because those things haven't happened, my role is really just to be here and to, to be quiet and, and to maintain uh, my life in a manner that's well, well, relatively well-behaved, right? And, and I would say, while those are commendable things, I think that that is exactly what the devil would want you to think. And, and I'll tell you a story. I shared this at our staff meeting the other day. When I was growing up, or first on staff at a at church Donna and I grew up in, as a youth pastor, and there was a guy there on our staff. It was a large church, and we had an actual accounting department, believe it or not. There was this guy in accounting named Sean, and he was a total accountant. I mean, you just picture accountant in your mind, that was him. Uh, total nerd, total geek, wire rim glasses, floodwater pants, seriously, pocket protector, like nine pens. Um, and, and the thing about Sean is he was so geeked up about accounting. He was like the most excited accountant on the planet. He was always so happy and positive and just like just so into what he was doing. And he would show us, hey, man, look, at, I got your budget for this year. And he was so into it. And so finally one day, I mean, to me, that's like, the, that's like death. 
right? Just numbers, anything, death. I said, Sean, tell me, what is it with you? How do you, what, why are you so excited about accounting? And he goes, I mean, this was a, we have those moments in life that are like epiphanies. This was an epiphany for me. He goes, it's my gift. And I looked at him, he goes, it's my gift. He goes, this is what I do. This is what I do so you can do what you do. This is my contribution. This is how I help the kingdom go forward. And he was, it was like he was talking about healing the sick or leading people to Christ. I mean, he was so excited. And I just thought, man, that is cool. That is awesome. So here's the deal. <laughs> Over the next few weeks, I hope to help. I have a goal. I hope to help each one of you, everyone here, explore what God has for your life and how you can make a contribution to what God's doing in the world today. That no one is exempt, no one is left out, no one is outside the parameters of God's calling and God's purpose and God's will in the world today. That everyone really does get to play. So our series title, as you can see there, is Gifted. And um, I, I want to take two more minutes and just in, talk about for a minute uh, the, the word in New Testament for gift, the, the word for spiritual gift, um, because I think it will help us to understand how this works. So the word <clears throat> translated spiritual gift or gift in the New Testament in the Greek is charisma. And it's where we, you know, we, we talk about the charismatic church. So the charismatic church is kind of that sector of the church that sort of embraces the gifts of the Spirit and, you know, moves in the gifts of the Spirit, which is, I, I hate those kind of titles, to be honest. I'm just saying, I don't like that, but that's the way it goes. But that same word is used in, in, in kind of culture today, right? We, we talk about a person being, having charisma or being a charismatic person, that usually means that they're dynamic and they're bubbly and they're sort of, you know, whatever, probably a used car salesman, uh, kind of flashy and bubbly, whatever. But, and it's weird, you know, that that's the, the term that we've, the, the way we've defined that word because that's really not what it means. So the word charisma, it really means a gift of grace. That's what it means. The, the root word is charis, and charis is grace. That's the grace of God. And we know, what is grace? We say grace is uh, the undeserved, unmerited favor of God. It's when God touches my life, even though I have done nothing to earn that, I don't deserve it, I, it's not, I didn't do anything to get it, God just gave it to me. We say we're saved by grace. And what does that mean? That means that I, I'm a bad person. I, can't, I could not earn salvation. I can't be good enough. I can't climb the mountain. I can't do anything. Uh, I love the song we sang this morning. God does that. God climbs the mountain. He does it on our behalf. That's what grace is. God says, hey, I'm going to do this for you just because I love you, and you didn't do anything to earn it. So that's charis. That's grace. Charisma is a little specific kind of impartation of that grace, a little gift of grace in our life. Uh, John Wimber, again, popularized the term when he was teaching on gifts in the uh, late 70s and 80s, the term gracelet. 
So a gracelet was a little impartation of grace in someone's life. God just says, hey, I'm going to give you this little gift today, this little, this, this little package of my grace. And, and that's, that's really uh, what, a, what a gift of the Spirit is, is it's just a little impartation of grace in someone's life. And so that can be a word of prophecy or a word of knowledge or a, a prayer of healing uh, or something like that. But it can also be uh, the opportunity to care and serve for someone. You know, it can be, it, it really can be just a, an encouraging word. I love the gift of encouragement. It really can be just hospitality, opening your heart to someone and saying, hey, uh, you, you're, you look tired, you look weary. Just, you know, come on in, come, come and sit down, come and spend some time with us. Um, so, well, we'll call it good. That's good. That's it for today. Uh, you guys are awesome. I just want to say that. I love you guys so much. Let's stand.